Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Chris Parliament today. And it's the sixth of eight Friday games on the season for the Ottawa Senators and maybe the scariest because Alexander Ovechkin has historically destroyed your Ottawa Senators. 29 goals in 49 games, including three hat-tricks. And he's coming in hot. Speaking of hat-tricks, he's got two of them in his last four games. He's got goals in all four. Nine total, so be on the lookout for the grade eight, who we already established last time they played, has more goals than the entire Senators forward lineup. He scored a couple the last time out against the Ottawa Senators. That was a 6-1 win for his Capitals. The Senators on the wrong side of that one. We'll get into that matchup. And the Belleville Senators back from the All-Star break. And some big news out of San Jose, although we do not cheer injuries. All that and more on the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, January 31st, and Parliament, easier said than done, but how does Ottawa shut down Alexander Ovechkin tonight? Well, you got to think, keep him off the power play, and last time they played back on January 7th and they put up six goals, you'd think that Washington lineup just kind of feasted with the man advantage, but you look into it, Ottawa only gave them one power play opportunity in the last matchup again, January 7th, and Ottawa didn't have a single power play. So I thought that was kind of interesting, looked into it, and it turns out that these teams are actually both in the top 10 for Pims taken this year. Washington's taken four, the fourth most on the year, and Ottawa's taken the sixth most. So I guess, I mean, you never want to give Alex Ovechkin more opportunities and chances to unload that shot than you can, but I mean... Stay off the power play is a good recipe. They were able to do it last time, and they still put up six goals. So, Ross, you asked what they got to do. I don't know. <laughs> nor, nor do 30 other teams in the National Hockey League, to, to be fair. I, I mentioned off the top of the show, the current streak Alexander Ovechkin is on. Nine goals, one assist in his last four games. So that's the first time he's had four straight multi-point games since 2011-2012. He's done five straight twice, but not since 05-06. So that was his rookie year where he did it the first time. Five straight games, multi-points. Did it once again in 2008, but it's been 12 years since Ovi's had five straight games with multi-point nights. Would you be betting he does or does not accomplish that tonight? I'm betting that he does. Um, this Washington team, I mean, they're coming in. I, the big thing to to note, I guess, is it is a home game for the Senators, so they will get last change. So I'm assuming he's going to be facing J.G. Pajot, which as the season's gone on, we've seen that that's not an easy task every night. But yeah, I mean, uh, you give him a power play tonight, I think is the night where the Senators have been riding high on the uh, penalty kill lately. I don't know if that's a uh, manageable thing to keep going at the rate that they are, but... Uh, if they if they fall off even a little bit tonight, I think that this Washington team, and especially Ovechkin, will keep it going. I like his matchup against a lot of the Senators defensemen, too. I mean, there's some guys back there. You'd think it would be Nikita Zaitsev on him. Uh, Russian comrades in the head-to-head matchup to watch tonight, I guess. But uh, he, he's played a lot of minutes for this team in the past. He's going to have to tonight. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't have a good night at all, I think uh, you see the wheels start to fall off for the Senators against Ovechkin. So five straight again. And remember when we were talking about this guy like falling off maybe a little bit? And 
I don't know that when they beat Pittsburgh, it was like that light switched in his head and it's almost like he's never going to slow down. I mean, he's at an age where he should be starting to slow down. You'd think because his pace was so ridiculous at the start of his career. But I mean, you mentioned it, this is going to be what his third time with five game point streaks. That's multi point streaks. So that's, it's impressive pace to keep going. So yeah, I think he does get another one tonight against the Sens. During this goal explosion for Alexander Ovechkin, or maybe we just call it his game because he's really done it his whole career. Uh, he's passed Steve Eiserman as well in the sole possession on the uh, the all-time goals list, and he's getting pretty close to 700, only seven goals away. He saw that number, and he was talking to Samantha Pell, who covers the uh, Washington Capitals for the Washington Post, and he says, you know, it's... He's going to try to finish it up as quick as he can. Uh, that was a part of his quote. So Ovi's still having some fun with it. And classy move as well. Uh, Ovi wearing number 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant during a warm-up uh, game against Nashville. A game where the Washington Capitals, who are the best team in the National Hockey League, according to the standings, they blew a, a lead in the third period. They gave up two goals to the Nashville Predators, losing 5-4 in regulation. Is that scare you if you're Ottawa? You have a, a hungry team here in the Capitals coming to town. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a team where you know I kind of lo- I woke up this morning I was thinking about the game and I was like, well, maybe this is one of those nights where DJ Smith has the boys going and they go out there, kind of got the legs back underneath them coming out of the All Star break and they could put up a performance that's uh, just a great effort like the ones we saw against the Boston Bruins on home ice earlier in the season. But then you start to look at it and this Washington team is just so good everywhere. You talk about Ovechkin being red hot coming in. Yeah, it's a scary thought thinking that this Washington team is hungry. And Ross, I want to go back on it because I wanted to make sure I got this quote in the show today. Uh, you were talking about when Ovechkin passed Stevie Y on the all-time goal list. Did you hear his quote? No, what did he say? It was pretty funny. He said, I hope that he passes Gretzky one day because he's a guy that kind of deserves it. Uh, something along those lines. But then the quote I wanted to get in was, I saw how hard you partied after beating Pittsburgh. All I want to know is if you pass Gretzky, I want to be invited to the party. <laughs> That's awesome. Stevie yeah. Y, good Ian <laughs> born guy. And we should mention that Ovi bypassing Iserman is now in to the top 10. He's ninth in NHL history and only one goal behind Mark Messier for eight. And you know Ovi wants to be number eight at least for a few days, right? The number he's worn on his back his entire career. Um, after he would jump Messier, who has 694, of course, one more than Ovechkin. Mike Gardner would be next at seventh with 708. So it was a bit of a quick spree there because, well, I mean, it helps that Ovi's been scoring at such a ridiculous pace. But Lemieux and Eisenman are only two goals apart. Even Solani, six goals behind that. So he's jumped from, from 13th up to ninth in a very quick succession. This is one of the greatest goal scorers. If you're going to the game tonight, really kind of just marvel at the fact that in 30 years we're going to be looking back and kids are going to be saying, man, I wish I got to see Alex Ovechkin play hockey because it's been a treat over the last 14 years. And hopefully he's got a few more left in him. Um, going One ahead, more but- note on that, Ross, yeah. is uh, one moment that just kind of as I get older, I appreciate more and more because, as you mentioned, this is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And I would say, other than the one against, uh, I guess it would be Phoenix back in the day where he was sliding on his back, I would say the most iconic goal of his career was when he scored his 50th goal and did the hot stick celebration. 
And uh, funny enough, I was actually at that game. So that's one moment for me in NHL history that I've got kind of tucked away in my back pocket that sometimes you kind of let let careers go by and say, wow, I didn't appreciate it enough. Tonight's definitely, like you said, the night for people going to the game to kind of marvel at it. And uh, I'm happy to say I've got one of those moments kind of tucked away that I can tell my kids about one day when they're looking up the greatest goal scorers of all time. Oh, that's awesome. That was in Tampa, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, uh, we're walking down the street the before the game and uh, Ovi and Backstrom walked by me and, you know, Nick Backstrom, just the silky Swede, he's got his hair pulled back and everything. And then Ovechkin's right beside him, his tie's kind of undone. And he was drinking an extra large big gulp slushy and it had Beats headphones on. So it was kind of one extreme to the other with the two. And then look at he goes out there and scores big goals. So it was kind of yeah. funny to see him before the game and at his peak during the game. They're uh, they're kind of like Skarsky and Hutch, you know, complete opposites, but <laughs> going towards one goal and and doing it so well. Which brings us to the Ottawa Senators. DJ Smith yesterday saying that he hopes that the Ottawa Senators become the team that the Washington Capitals are. You know what? I say that is a great idea, DJ. Why don't we go out and win a Stanley Cup and have one of the best decade runs in the history? We'll get into how this draft could help shape that future. Of course, Backstrom going fourth overall in 04. Um, in 05, the year after Ovechkin went first overall in 04. So there could be some parallels here going forward, but tonight's game, there's a very optional skate. It was great to see Christian Willanen skating in a regular colored jersey yesterday. It's only a matter of time before he makes his debut for the Belleville Senators, but in Ottawa, what what if you're the Senators, do you do going into tonight's game? It's all focused. It has to be on your own game. There could be some some thoughts here now three less than three weeks away from the trade deadline. How does the team stay focused going down the stretch run? I think it's just you keep the message in the room simple and you just keep just pushing that message. And it's just and it's probably the message DJ's been saying in the room all year long is keep it simple, stay in front of the puck and let's play with pace and energy because they do when they're playing the best, they they're blocking a lot of shots and they've got the tempo going the other way and they take advantage of opportunities. You know, um, you got physical guys playing down low and if you get a shot on net, you take it. And there's been guys that have definitely been shooting in a percentage that's kind of out of their, out of their uh, norm, I guess you'd say. You look at guys like Anthony Declare, even JG Pajot, who we mentioned on the last show had his career high 20th, uh, in the game against Buffalo. So I think you just keep the message simple and just keep it a day-to-day thing. You know, a lot of guys like a JG Pajot at this time of year where all fingers are kind of pointed out of town or at an extension, that can be kind of stressful. But if you just keep the message simple in the room every day, it's it's a task where that it's, uh, you know, things can stay positive because you're you're completing the little goals you set out for yourself. So if you just work hard every day, it's a good way to keep your mind off of it. And I think that's the only way to handle it and not go crazy. Well, it helps having a goaltender who has played exceptionally well. Marcus Hogberg is going to get the start again for the Ottawa Senators tonight. It feels like he's getting a starter's workload now, even with Craig Anderson back from injury. Of course, we're thinking about Anders Nielsen as well, who's been out for a long time now with a concussion, and we hope that he's doing all right. But what can you say about Marcus Hogberg's game here? He hasn't had one where his save percentage is below 900 since the loss at Pittsburgh, where he allowed five goals on 33 shots. Um, The Washington game, of course, he came in in relief on January 7th, allowed the one goal on 11 shots. But since then, he's been lights out. Even though his record is 1-0-4, 
over that stretch, he has been playing some awesome hockey, hasn't he? Absolutely, and you talk about not getting the run support for a pitcher. It's the same thing for a guy like him. He's putting up the save percentage he has, and he's he's been playing a lot of games. We mentioned it a couple shows ago that you know he had a back-to-back, and there was thoughts he was going to play a second back-to-back in a matter of two weeks. So this guy's definitely being leaned on pretty heavily right now to contribute the way he is because he's the only guy kind of keeping the sends in games at some points, especially over that run, and unfortunately – to use the pitcher analogy again, he hasn't got the run support, but you mentioned the workload he's been getting mirrors that of a, a number one goaltender in the National League. But I mean, does it is it just out of the back to back that he gets this start against Capitals, or is this DJ being like, hey, this is the best team in the league? We got to go with our number one guy, who just happens to be Marcus Hogberg right now. Yeah, the Leafs are are on the the menu tomorrow. I would almost, if you're trying to groom Hogberg, um, I think. The Leafs game may have been better. You know, in Toronto, Saturday night, there's just that extra buzz in the building. No matter where the teams are in the standings, you look at the Sens record, even over the last two, three years during this uh, extended rebuild, the Sens are still putting up a lot of wins against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, you know, when those two teams get together, just like the Battle of Alberta over the years, like uh, you can throw the standings out. It's So from that, yeah. from that perspective, I think getting Hogberg that experience would have been really good. But... You know what, and, Ross, you can't, you argue, think about you it can't argue having Andy in, in there either because he's kind of earned that and he's played really well in his career in Ottawa against the, the Leafs. Well, my argument there, sorry, I was cutting you off, but my argument is, yeah, you kind of can worry about Andy and that because Austin Matthews eats him for breakfast. I mean, he had four goals on him in the first game he ever played against him. Remember a while back when an NHL, I think it was 19 promo came out and Mitch Marner took Andy cross crease and Nicole Anderson, who's a you've met a couple times she's fun to follow on twitter hopped on and said that uh andy would never be out of position and then mitch marner actually scored that goal on him and the kind of attention was put back to that tweet sort of thing so sometimes yeah uh it's nice that andy's earned the start and he's playing in the big primetime game and i guess that's respect to a veteran at this point in his career but i mean uh maybe not the greatest matchup for him 915 save percentage in 31 career games with the leafs i wish are against the leafs I wish I could find out what those numbers were with the Sens, but don't have the time to uh, to do that all right now. What I can tell you, though, is that since January 10th, Marcus Hogberg's been outstanding. 933 save percentage. There are actually a lot of goalies on this list here that have been playing really well over that stretch, but I wanted to lead it in because number three on that list is Ilya Samsonov, who will be in net for the Washington Capitals tonight. He's got a 9 69 save percentage over his last three games. Six, Only two goals on 64 shots. It's going to be a challenge, isn't it, to get the puck past him tonight? Absolutely, and you mentioned that stat, which is absolutely ridiculous, but then you look at it, and he's leading the league in goals against average as well, and you know, it's a, it's a big head-to-head matchup, so maybe that's what DJ Smith was thinking. You, gotta, you put him, Marcus Hogberg up against another young stud and kind of make that matchup something for Hogberg to strive to be the best in in that game. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it, and another back-to-back situation, as we mentioned, after that one, there's still four more on the calendar for the Senators, which is kind of ridiculous. But you mentioned Ilya Samsonov playing so well. I mean, look at the blue line in front of him and John Carlson. Oh, man, if Thomas Shabbat is going to be the number one on a team on this team one day just look at the way John Carlson plays tonight and get excited if Thomas Shabbat at all can be that good because I think right now he's the runaway Norris trophy winner yeah, 
It's hard for me to argue that Roman Yossi having a great year with over mm-hmm. a point a game, 51 points in, in 50 games. You even look like the young wave of defensemen. I think that's more for the the Calder race, but like, how can you ignore Kale McCarr's year, yeah. even even in the Norris conversation, mm-hmm. what he's been doing in Colorado? You can't go wrong, though, either way. I think uh, John Carlson has to be the favorite. A lot, a lot, I think, gets lost on the voters, though, when it happens so early in the season. He has ma- he has continued to play well, but he's not maintaining that ridiculous pace that he started the season at, and who could have really expected him to? Um, yeah, for me, he's the Norris, Norris favorite, Norris potential winner. I mean, Ovi's been calling him John Norris all year, although he says he doesn't like that. Top to bottom, this Washington team is as tough a test. It's almost like the Belleville Senators in the AHL. I mean, how about that for a team that's been playing outstanding hockey since Marcus Hogberg got called up? Um, go check out our boy Sens prospects. Henry did a great hype video on Joey Decord. He's got a 9-3-2 record over the past two months, really helping surpass so many teams in, in the North Division, getting all the way up to first place. So go check that out. We retweeted it from our account at Sens Central, but uh, Sens Prospects doing a great job putting that together. He also noted that Philip Gustafson is coming off his best month in the American Hockey League. He got his first AHL shutout, a 4-0-1 record, and a 9-42 save percentage. So it's great to see this depth of the Ottawa crease coming to light and it kind of gives you a glimpse into the future because there's a very very small chance Craig Anderson will be back next year so knowing that this next wave is going to do what they can here to replace Andy who's been with the team for so long uh, it's very comforting and those Belleville Senators get back into action tonight uh, in Laval and wow when you look at the Belleville road record that's outstanding Unbelievable. 17-4-2 on the road this year. Hostile territory just doesn't make sense to these young kids. They just go in there and blow you out. Uh, The only game they played against Laval on the road this year, they won 5-4. So that's something good to heading into the weekend to kind of hang your hat on. And they've had a lot of success against Laval this year. I mentioned they've only played one time on the road, but they've played three times against them in Belleville. And they've got seven of eight points in the four matchups this year. So that's domination at its best. It's not just on the road uh, for this one. And if you want to look at a guy that's going to have a big weekend or can help them out this weekend with Schlappick and Batherson up with the big club, it's Logan Brown. Quietly on a seven-game point streak with 11 points over that span. He's been playing awesome hockey. And you wondered after he got his extended look in Ottawa, oh, man, like, is he a bit of a tweener right now? Um, like, you know, not not confident enough to really exert himself at the NHL level, but maybe too good for the AHL. Well, I don't mind the extra reps for Logan Brown. Love that he's contributing, and he looks like he's having a ton of fun. All I mean, how could you not with the amount of wins that Belleville's been putting up in a row? And these are highlight real plays. If, is it the Harlem Globetrotters, the Belleville Senators, when they get on the power play? They, they can beat you in so many different ways. I can't wait for them to get back on the ice. It's been a long four-day break, and uh, with the talent, Rudy Balsers uh, is still down there after. Uh, he, he went down with... Schlappick and Batherson for the All-Star break, but has not been recalled. He actually was able to participate in the All-Star game, which was nice, unlike Josh Norris, um, who uh, we don't know yet. Is he going to be back from uh, from the flu? He's had a few days here to uh, to kind of recover. So hopefully um, we'll get an update from the Belleville Senators Twitter account if he'll be in the lineup or not tonight. 
And I just want to go back to uh, Logan Brown. You know, he said he looks like he's having fun down there. He's probably the most popular guy in the room because uh, he's got 25 points this year in 19 games for Belleville. Only five goals. The guy's just a turnstile out there. Just another comparison to the Spez dispenser back in the day. Just the guy giving everybody the puck on the power play. And uh, I mentioned he's only got five goals. Well, you got written here, Ross, that the baby sends, they lead the AHL in 163 goals. So they've uh, lit up the red light a couple times this year. And as you mentioned on the power play, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, well, the offense is working for the Belleville Senators. And we want to work with you too. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers that are working with the Locked On Network to reach sports fans just like you. But you may not know that the Locked On Senators podcast is a great way for your local Ottawa business to reach passionate Sens fans just like yourself. Unlike any other podcast, the Locked On Network gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener. We don't need the guy who's listening in Sweden, you know, keeping track of his his guys, Marcus Hogberg, how he's been doing in the Sens crease. We want you to reach local Ottawa listeners. If your company wants to connect with Sens fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So you can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit the lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success once again text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com backslash advertising we look forward to hearing from you and we always chris look forward to listening or reading or watching Bob McKenzie's midseason draft rankings. It's the next step. The after World Juniors, once the dust settles, Bobby Mack goes and talks to all the scouts and compiles his list. There's actually a list on tsn.ca that is 62 players deep. But as Sens fans, you can be comfortable in knowing that five, five of those 62 players are likely to be Ottawa Senators. But let's start at the top. Because the Sens are likely to have two picks in the top 10. We'll get into our Shark Tankathon later on in the episode, but let's talk about that top 10. Any surprises? I'll run through the list and then let me know um, kind of what you thought and maybe a name or two that you hadn't had that high. Um, number one, Alexi Lafreniere. No surprise there. Uh, Bobby saying that he's even moved further up, like become a no brainer. And that number two, Quentin Byfield, has kind of closed in with the rest of the field. So interesting to note there, but they're still your number one and two. They were the consensus number one and two at the start of the year. Number three, Tim Stutzel. Number four, Jamie Drysdale, the lone, or one of two defenders, I should say, in the top ten. Number five, Lucas Raymond. Number six, Alexander Holtz. Number seven, from the Ottawa 67s, Marco Rossi. Number eight, Cole Perfetti. Number nine, Jake Sanderson. He's the other defenseman. And number 10, a goaltender. 
Yaroslav Askarov. What are your thoughts on that initial top 10? It's the first time I've seen Askarov um, mentioned back in the top 10 for a while. There was a lot going on with him at the start of the year saying that this guy is uh, the next Carey Price. He's going to be in the first round. We haven't seen that in so long. What's he going to do? And then went out in the first game and kind of he got yanked in the first game of the World Juniors, what was supposed to be the Askarov show. So that name was kind of just brought back to my attention. Can't say I'm surprised it's up there. One name that Canadian fans will be familiar with is Jamie Drysdale. And he's uh, one of only three players on that list that we have not yet uh, profiled in our bottom feeders uh, segment that we have on. And then Jake Sanderson, a guy that's completely been off my radar so far. He's uh, he's playing for the National Team Development Program, a program I've made uh, pretty clear on this show that I'm a big fan of. He's played there the last two years, so the under-17, and now he's on the uh, under-18 team. And he's got 11 points in 13 games played, left shot defenseman, still only 17 years old, six foot one, 186 pounds. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that you can slot into your lineup, you'd think, in a couple of years. If he's going in the top five, you got to look at other players that have gone around that range. And uh, one name that comes to mind who slipped even further, I believe, to number seven to the Canucks is Quinn, sorry, yeah, Quinn Hughes, who was just phenomenal, came out of the same program. So maybe a player comparable there, a guy that hasn't really got a lot of love, I don't think, in the Canadian markets. And then uh, Jamie Drysdale was the other guy that we haven't really focused on yet. And, I mean, just look no further than the work he did on that unbelievable power play for Canada at the World Juniors this year. It was not often that you uh, look back in the World Juniors and the guy running the power play at the back end there is wearing a cage. So that proves he's young, but he's... uh, He's definitely hungry out there, and I think the last time we saw that was Ryan Ellis, you know, so there's another player comparable if you want to look at it. You know, it's interesting to see these numbers come out, still lots of hockey left, but those were the three names that I kind of, that kind of jumped out to me. Yeah, I want to piggyback on your point from uh, Jake Sanderson, because, well, he's got a couple things that the Sens historically have looked for in drafting. Well, he's been a captain at uh, at certain levels with the United States um program and he's the son of former nhl forward jeff sanderson who was known for being one of the fastest guys in the league at the time and guess where he's going next year chris no way it's north dakota he will be attending the university of north dakota no way so you know that's something that the sends look for so yeah that that kind of jumped out at me uh although i think i i think a lot of sends fans would prefer it's hard to quantify until you know exactly where these picks are but i think you look at the back end the depth and having two first rounders in the last three years or sorry excuse me the last two years uh with jacob bernard docker then lassie thompson i think you need the high-end offensive skill with both picks and that's why two in the top five would be so good because then the first pick doesn't matter winger or center i think the Sens need a center with one of these first round picks um going forward it's funny you mentioned that though ross because you got to look at a guy again north dakota shane pinto how he jumped up the the uh kind of the depth chart and where he projects to be obviously uh you can't focus in too much on his his career trajectory with one tournament but i mean he definitely opened up a lot of eyes and then you look down and you see logan brown's getting red hot is that next year going to be the year that he makes the jump to the nhl and is comfortable a guy like josh norris playing down the middle of the ice who knows where he can go um, I mean, who knows what happens when Pager stays? So there's a lot of different uh, factors that are going into 
I mean, what's the biggest need or do you take just best available talent? But a very interesting point was made today. Um, a great discussion between Bob McKenzie on TSN 1050 and Craig Button on Leafs Lunch. I know you you work over there sometimes too, Ross. Uh, but they were they were talking about getting back-to-back potentially first-round picks or somewhere both in the top five or top ten at least. And when you look at that, one scout was saying, you just got to put a center between the two Swedes, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, and they will be dynamic at any level. So do you go for two guys that played together in the past? That's an interesting look that I've that's never really crossed my mind. Well, yeah, Chris, they played with each other growing up with Team Sweden. Right now, they're both in the Swedish Hockey League. Playing a lot less, you know, that's a league that still relies a lot on veterans, but they're playing against each other. For Lunda, for Lucas Raymond, who sends fans familiar with, Alfie Carlson, I don't know, are they good? And then Alexander Holtz um, playing for Jurgarden. Pierre Dorian, GM of the Ottawa Senators, was in attendance for their game yesterday. So he got a firsthand look wow. of those of those two guys. Yeah, Ufa Bodine, who covers the Swedish Hockey League, um, really awesome guy. He's the editor in chief for Hockey Sverige, which is a um, obviously. Um, I mean, if I could translate Swedish any quicker, um, I'd tell you exactly. But I want to say like a newspaper uh, in Sweden that uh, that like the really hockey has... news almost exactly, exactly. So he didn't get a chance though. Of course, the Sens have Ole Alsing, who's playing for Jurgarden. He was out of the lineup with injury, so didn't get a chance to do that. But did get to see the two young Swedes in action. So I wonder if that'll influence his decision. They're, of course, both wingers. When I said winger versus center, Alexi Lafreniere is a left winger. And Tim Stutzel, although he plays center and left wing, he projects more as a winger. Same goes for Cole Perfetti. So in terms of natural centers in the top 10, you're looking at Quinton Byfield and Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi is having a tremendous season. I'm sure lots of our listeners who are in Ottawa got a chance to see more of him than we do um, as he's playing for the 67. So, um, I mean, you really can't go wrong. This draft is so deep. And let's find out where we think the Sens are going to draft as we do our weekly Tankathon spin. Of course, you can have some fun with that too at tankathon.com backslash NHL to set it up for you, Chris. And you can do the first spin after last night's game where the Los Angeles Kings won. There's two points for them. The New Jersey Devils earned one point. Well, there wasn't much movement, but they did get closer. Ottawa with the fifth best chance to land the first overall pick with their own pick, and then one behind them with the sixth, the San Jose pick. Without further ado, Chris, give her a spin. Not what the Sens fans are looking for. Not much change up at all, really. Los Angeles and New Jersey flips, and for the second day in a sorry, second show in a row. I have the Senators and the Senators pick from San Jose staying in the exact same spots, as you just mentioned, five and six. Can we call that the Lucas Raymond Alexander Holtz range? Yep. I would okay. absolutely like to say that that would be the range that they're going at. Um, you you got to think that one team in the top five is just going to take Drysdale based on positional need. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's still a really good player. Don't get me wrong, but I think that that would be a benefit for the Ottawa Senators, I think even better would be if some team really likes the goalie because the Sens, we just talked about how good these kids are playing. I don't think that he's even, he should not be on the Sens radar. I think that you have to no. go with, with guys who can put the puck in the net position. That's secondary, but goalie should be absolutely. And Ross, just to, 
just to hop on that position point, another uh, note from TSN 1050 today, Craig Button saying, I mean, you look at this team right now and moving forward, they already kind of have that top four demon slotted in for the future. You mentioned it. You spend your last two picks on defensemen in the first round. And then you spend your best player maybe in the last 10 years on another young defenseman exactly. in Branstrom. So you've got your top four there in, in left-hand shot guys like in Branstrom and Shabbat, and then the right side, Lassie Thompson and Jacob Bernard Docker. So that's exciting stuff. And then look who's wearing a contact jersey the last couple of days, who we still haven't even set, seen settle in, but is projecting to be a great NHL defenseman and Christian Malinen. So it's it's interesting to look at this and say, hey, there's your top four. So the Senators, to piggyback on your point, they are not looking but that's a surplus now for this organization moving forward. So you're not looking to go for a guy like Jamie Drysdale in the first round or even a Jake Sanderson. And Chris, let's not disrespect Thomas Shabbat, who just turned 23 yesterday. So happy birthday to Thomas Shabbat and Colin White. Kind of funny. Those two are born on the exact same day. Yeah. But yeah, the Sens D depth looks absolutely fantastic as I spin the tankathon. And this is the worst case scenario. Three teams winning the lottery, none of them the Ottawa Senators. Therefore, they will draft eighth and ninth. Uh, the way Ugh. that the way the mine landed, which is the worst that our tankathon has seen to date. Um, this could all change tomorrow. As I mean, best of luck to the Ottawa Senators tonight. I wouldn't want to play the Washington Capitals right now. We do have to mention as well uh, the tough news out of San Jose. They already lost Logan Couture for what looks like the entire season. Tomas Hurdle was just an awesome player to watch. Was a a fun guy at the uh, the All Star game too with his Beaver mask. He's going to be out for the mm-hmm. season. Torn ACL, torn MCL. We uh, wish him a speedy recovery. But in that game, the Sharks were up two one in the third period on the Vancouver Canucks. Y- Jakob Markstrom made a couple ten bell saves. Do you see the the two pad stack? Yeah, throwing a, was throwing a little old school. Awesome to see. And then the Vancouver Canucks exploded for four goals in that third period. They knocked off the Sharks in regulation. So some separation now between the Sharks and the team ahead of them, which was Nashville, but now Nashville's won two straight. So I don't know if it's changed since yesterday, but there's definitely a bit of a gap there. So we'll see how that continues. We'll join you tomorrow to preview the Battle of Ontario and recap tonight's game for Chris Parliament. I'm Ross Levitan. Enjoy the game tonight. Remember, focus on the historic value of Alex Ovechkin if not for anything else, as the Ottawa Senators might be on their heels a little bit in this one against the best team in the National Hockey League. But if they can pull out the win, hey, power to them. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.